Welcome to The Lorraine Murphy Show. I'm a mentor, four times author, leader of my Bold Darling Mastermind for female entrepreneurs, retreat host, and I've gotten to host this podcast for five years. As with all of my work, this show is to serve female entrepreneurs who want to optimize their energy and their mindsets in order to build the businesses and lives of their dreams. I've walked this entrepreneurial path for 11 years now, and I can tell you that there is a way to have a business you love and still have the space and time for all the other parts of your life that make you, you. Whether your number one priority right now is to scale your business, upgrade your finances, rediscover yourself, find more energy, get more organized, reconnect with yourself, or build a life and or business that's more aligned for you, or all of the above, I am here as your guide on the show to help you make it a reality. Listen in on my dulcet Irish tones as I share tales from the front line of my business and mentoring, behind the scenes insights on how I'm approaching life and business, and speak with brilliant expert guests. Search The Lorraine Murphy Show wherever you get your podcasts. A new episode drops every Friday. Subscribe to make sure you always catch the freshest episodes. Let's dive in to this week's show. Hi, Lizzie. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Lorraine. It's great to be here. Ah, so, so good to have you. And I love that you are just so, I know you're normally super high energy, but I think today you're even more so because your book is actually out today. So I'm so excited you're spending some of your special day with me. Thank you. Oh, so, so good to be here and yeah, and talk to you and celebrate with you. Oh, you're so good. So Lizzie, just to get people can get to know you. So I met you through my friend Stace, I think, or did you and I know each other? I think you and I knew each other before Stacey. And I love your vibe. I love everything you speak to. What I love most about you is you just, you walk your own talk. Like you don't do anything. You don't ask anyone to do anything that you don't actually actively show up and do yourself every single day. So would you mind just by way of introduction for everyone listening, could you share your background and how you came to do the work that you do so beautifully? I always wanted to be a dancer. That was always my thing, my goal, my dream. I grew up in this small little town called Gympie in Queensland and I just wanted to get out of there and go to dance school. And so every morning I would be in my little garage before school and I had this little funny little ballet bar set up there and I would be doing my plies and dancing and had a little mirror and I got so much joy from that. There was no door on this garage. People were walking past and could see in. I just didn't care. I just loved to move. And so I just worked so hard at that so I could get out of Gympie, get into dance school. That's what I did. And I became my dream of being a professional dancer. And I was a gigging dancer going, you know, around the world doing, you know, crazy, crazy jobs, the can-can and casinos and chorus lines on cruise ships, all, all of these crazy, crazy experiences and adventures. And What a lifestyle. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was amazing. And... So I never had any problems or challenges or struggles with movement. I always loved to do it. I was so motivated to do it. It was never this struggle. And I would always hear about people who were, you know, struggling with the way that they felt or had depression. They just were, you know, feeling quite down. And I would think, you just got to move. You just got to exercise. You'll feel so much better. 
And you know, it's a no-brainer. And so you can imagine how shocked I was when it was, gosh, 15 years ago now that I had a baby and a toddler. I ended up, I didn't know it at the time, but I had postnatal depression and I could not get myself to do the mm. thing that I knew so well yeah. was going to make me feel better. I just couldn't do it. I felt so stuck, so incapable of taking action. I couldn't just walk out the door whenever I wanted to, like I used to, and, and go to an exercise class. So that all felt so hard. I felt so, so sleep deprived and fatigued. So that felt hard. And then I was really, really dark and really, really dark thoughts. And so, yeah, I couldn't kind of get myself to do anything. And in fact, I thought actually what made me a really good person and good mum was to be really selfless and to give to everyone else. And so it was okay that I wasn't, you know, able to do this stuff for me because that's what made me a good person. But of course, that wasn't working. And so I did finally go and see my doctor. And that took me a really long time to do, quite a few months, because I felt really, really ashamed that I wasn't coping because he was I, two healthy children, roof over my head. How dare I not be coping? But when I went and saw her, thinking that she would say to me, just get over it. Look at all you've got. You know, there's nothing wrong with me. She said to me, what you're experiencing is postnatal depression. And she gave me my treatment options. And she said something that was such a game changer at this moment. I've heard it before. You would have heard it. You listening would have heard it. But it is the whole idea of when you get on a plane and they tell you to put your oxygen mask on first before assisting others. She said to me, that's what you have to do. This is an emergency. You've got to do this now. And so that's how. Yeah, yeah, yes. And almost gave you permission to do that for yourself. I think so. And sometimes someone says something to you, the right person at the right time, and you kind of know that you need to dig really deep and and find this kind of this this courage, this grit, some resilience, something. You're at a crossroads, and this was my crossroad moment. And so I went right, oxygen mask. I've got to try and get moving. I've got to do a, a home workout. And in my mind, that home workout was going to be right. This. 30 minute home workout. I can do it. And I put on the next day show for my girls and I went to my kitchen bench and I said to myself, just move. And I can't believe how hard this moment was for me at this time, but I put my hands on the bench mm -hmm. and I got myself to do a plie, a leg bent. And then I got myself to do another one and another. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I could not get to that 30 minutes. I only got to a couple of minutes. That's kind of all I could get myself to do. But it was this moment where I felt this tiny, tiny feeling of hope that here was something I had done for me and I could probably do this again tomorrow. And so that's what I did, even though my brain, my mind, they're going, really, this doesn't count as anything. And I just kept going the next day and the next and the next. And 
this a ripple effect started to happen. I got more professional help. I started to talk to friends, see, tell them how I was really feeling. I started to to eat the, the leftover crusts of my daughter's toast. And I started to move a bit more slowly, slowly. It was such a slow, slow crawl out of this very dark place I was in. And and I started to hear about other people that were struggling with their mental health. And so I there was no social media then, so but I just film a little video and send it to them saying, this could be a little piece of the pie for you in helping you to start to feel better. Just a little piece. It's not everything, but it's something. And then social media came to be. And so then I started to share these little videos. It then became Two Minute Moves, wrote the book started to spread this message, do television, all that kind of stuff, because I realized that there were other people that were finding exercise hard, whether or not they did have depression, maybe they had other struggles and challenges that get in their way, which I'm sure we'll end up talking about. And I really wanted to make it easier for people to do the thing that helps us feel better. Yeah. I love that. I, I love how passionate you are about this. So I know because I got to read an advanced copy of the book. Thank you for sharing sharing your beautiful book with me early. And I know something that you mentioned in the book is that exercise is it's nature's medicine cabinet. Would you mind just unpacking? And I know just on a, a superficial level, we all know that, yes, exercise is good for us. We feel better when we do it. We look better, all the things. Can you just step us through what do you see as the key benefits of exercise, particularly when it does come to mental health and, and also with stress management, I know for particularly for my audience, given that so many are parents and so many have, have their own businesses are quite high charged. You say high charge, high powered careers. And so that balancing and the stress management is is huge. So can you just speak to why does it help so much? Why is it so important? Our bodies and our brains are designed to move to function at their best. That's how we have evolved. And we have inside of us like an inner pharmacy of all these chemicals and, and hormones and wonderful things waiting to come on out and be released when we move. We are rewarded for moving because that's what helped us survive. So the first one that is my favorite, actually, it's called BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor. And this is essentially like fertilizer for our brains. So when we get moving, BDNF is released and that helps our brain cells communicate more effectively with each other. It actually even builds new brain cells, which is amazing, especially if we feel like some of us have, you know, lost some early on in our youth or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it's incredible. We used to think that once you lost your brain cell, that was it, but that's actually not the case. BDNF also makes you feel better. It puts you in a better mood. My second favorite would be endocannabinoids. And this one is like your body's chill pill. It helps you feel calmer. Endocannabinoids get released when you get physically active. So it is an absolute no-brainer for stress to get yourself moving. The problem is when we do feel stressed out or we don't feel good, it's like we don't feel like moving at all. We get really stuck and it's not a natural instinct to, to get ourselves moving, but it's absolutely worth doing it. There's so many other reasons you want to get moving as well. One of them is it makes you feel stronger and it makes you actually feel more hopeful. In Kelly McGill's book, The Joy of Movement, she talks about what science scientists have dubbed 
your hope molecules, your myokins. And when you do something that works your muscles, so for example, if you did 10 push-ups at your kitchen bench, these get released and they help you feel more hopeful. They also help you want to feel more connected with another person, be more social. It is absolutely incredible when you start getting into the research of what happens in our bodies, our brain, our mood when we move. So I remember one day I was thinking about this, going, why are we not using this in our work days? This mm. big period of time where we get our stress levels rising, when we can feel disconnected or we want to feel more connected. We need to feel more confident. We want to get our brain into gear. We want to feel more creative. There's a study by Stanford University that shows that compared to sitting, walking, even just a quick little walk, it doesn't even have to be outside, it can be a walk on the spot, increases your creative output by 60%, six zero. Wow, that's huge. And those creative juices continue to flow after you have sat back down. This is a tool that you want to embrace in your workday and outside of it. Yeah, I love that. As we're recording this episode, as I was sharing to you, I'm having a pretty, pretty big week. So our little girl, Lexi, starting school, her new school here in Sydney. We're moving into our own new place. We're hopefully leaving Stacey's place as we found it. So we're staying in my best friend Stacey's for the last five weeks. And we're also buying a car. Yes. And also, you know, workloads and all the things. So it's a really, really big week. And I was feeling pretty stressed last night. But just use the overwhelm of... This seems feels like there's a lot to do in the business this week. There's a lot to do at home this week. There's a lot to do with, with kid admin, with school and all the things. And I went to yoga this morning. And so I did the, the morning yoga class. And it was interesting when you talked about that endocannabinoids. I actually feel so much calmer. So I really enjoyed the class. It Like I felt better for sure after doing it. But I mean, what? The class finished an hour and a half ago and I still feel that sense of it's like a chill pill it's like I've taken CBD mm -hmm. oil like it's that I love that it's cannabinoids mm -hmm. as well it's that feeling of like I love it and drop, <laughs> and drop. so I, I definitely feel that and get that can I just ask Lindsay just quickly yeah I'll ask you now so you're obviously at a standing desk now as we're doing this interview what, what but I can also see you've got a seated desk how do you manage that day to day so what's your flow when you're working between sitting and standing I tend to mainly stand and um, because I find when I'm standing that I actually move more. I'll do some leg raises to the side, some heel yeah. raises up and down, just sort of like I hear a lot of people at stand desk, they'll tend to do a bit of a hip wiggle, yeah. hip wiggle a lot. But you've got to kind of, well, I certainly have to watch and many of us do, but too much standing as well, it's not necessarily a fantastic thing for our body. So I definitely go the, the sitting and the standing. I'm quite attuned now to listening to my body and taking cues from it when I start to feel a bit of a tightness in my lower back, that might mean, okay, I, I need to get on up. If I'm starting to, you know, feel my feet get a little bit sore or something, that's my cue to sit down. Really, it's not so much about the sitting or the standing. It's about these moments breaking it up with some movement. Because even mm -hmm. if you're standing the whole day, but you're stuck in that same position, you know, hands on the keyboard typing away, that's not necessarily that great for your body. Neither is sitting down in that same stuck position as well. We want to break up that stuck position with little moments of, of movement. But 
I really do enjoy the stand-up desk. I also have a, stool, a high stool next to that as well. I get too tired just standing the whole day, but definitely some movement and some dancing yeah. in there helps. Love the dancing. I love. So a really technical question. So you've got an iMac. So for everyone listening, I'm looking at Lizzie. She's standing doing this interview with me. So she's obviously on some kind of a screen. But then behind her, she's got a sitting desk with an iMac. So if you're in the middle of something at your standing desk and you start to get those niggles and you're feeling, oh, I just kind of want to sit down now. Are you on Google Docs or Google? So you just go and sit down, you pick up the same document, for example, on your iMac. I know this is a very technical question. Okay, guess what? That computer's not actually plugged in. <laughs> so what do you do then? That computer's the prop. That's the prop, okay, okay. So, so it's all about the aesthetic. That's the prop to make it look lovely. So I've got my laptop and my laptop is also on a little um, stand-up thing. So I'll take that with me where I go. But see, this desk is, is both. So normally, so I've got my laptop behind me right now so I can see your amazingly beautiful, fabulous face. Oh, thank you. Normally, this laptop when I'm working will be over here. Yeah. And so I've got it propped up and then I will. It's a sit-stand desk. Yeah. All right. So now Lizzie is going. And I'll sit down. I feel like I'm like commentating on a match. Yeah. So now she's winding her her desk up and down. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So the laptop moves with you. Right. Good to know. Thank you. Yeah. If you don't have a studio set up, you probably just had the one desk. And for many years, I had just a regular desk and I would pile books up and put my computer and my laptop up on the books. Yeah. Then I got like one of those convertible things. I've used a whole lot of, of different things. It's just nice to have that option. But don't worry if you don't have a stand-up desk, just get some things so you can prop up your computer and do some kind of work sometimes just up and about if you can. Amazing. Okay, thank you. We're, as, I, as I've mentioned, we're staying at my friend Stacey's place at the moment and they've got two sit-stand desks next to each other. And I think actually they had some marble left over for some, some part of the renovations. They've got like the beautiful marble desks. But I didn't, I, the kids went really quiet. You know, when your kids go quiet and you're like, what the hell are you doing? So I went down, Lexi had figured out she had like a stool, then a chair. So she was playing this game of like stepping up onto the sit-stand desk and then pushing it up and down. So like riding the desk. And I'm like, excellent. Mm -hmm. I don't think they were designed for that, Lexi. Can you please stop? So please, I hope Stace is not listening to this episode because that 100% did not happen <laughs> if Stace is listening. Hi, Stace. So what do you see? So we've talked, so, you know, exercise sounds amazing, right? Everything you've shared so far and everything, you know, it'd be pretty awkward if I was doing this interview with you and I hadn't like moved my arse for a few days and I had that, you know, that horrible like stuck feeling. How do you describe it? Just that kind of inertia, a bit stagnant mm -hmm. feeling when, when you haven't moved. So I'm really glad that I moved before I interviewed you today. So we know it's great. So why do we hold ourselves back? And I love Michelle Bridges talks about that whole thing of just do 10 minutes, like just get out the door and do 10 minutes of whatever it is that you want to do. And then invariably, then you start to enjoy it and you don't actually want to stop. But why do we, I guess, sabotage ourselves so much from not moving? Sizing, I'm sure you can guess it, is I don't have the time. Yep. Time. And we sabotage ourselves in a way and I think we often do that with things that are going to make us mm -hmm. feel better. Yeah, like we eat the massive chocolate bar when we could be having a green smoothie and, yeah. Yeah. We could we could talk all day about them, yes. We totally, we totally could. Oh, yes. I've had two weeks leading up to a book launch. You can imagine my kind of sabotage kind of voice in my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Christmas in the mix of all that as well. Holy crap. Yes, that's full on. Exactly. But I think... The big reason that we don't do it, why it's so hard, is because so many of us are stuck in this mindset 
that is if I can't get to this certain yoga class or this gym today, if I don't have an hour or half an hour to do this walk, if I don't have the energy to do the intensity that I think exercise needs to be in, if I don't have the certain active wear, certain equipment, blah, 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 then I can't do exercise today. It's like we create so many barriers to entry for ourselves to exercise is what you're saying. Yes, the yeah. rules. So yeah. many rules Ooh. that we and the fitness industry have set up about what exercise has to look like. Yes. And our bodies, our brains, they don't care less about all these rules that we've set up. They just want us to move mm. because they want us to, you know, to release all these fabulous chemicals and hormones that we've been talking about. And this really comes from this mindset. I was so stuck in this 15 years ago. And then I went on to realize that so many of us are stuck in this mindset too. It's this all or nothing mindset. So if it can't look like the way it needs to look like for us, if we don't you know, have the, the energy, the time, the motivation, whatever that is, if it doesn't look like it, then what do we do? We do nothing usually. But what about if we turned that all or nothing into this all or something mm. and switch that mindset into something is so much better than nothing. Two minutes is so much better than no minutes. 10 seconds is so much better than no seconds. Because even in that little moment and research and science back this up, even if you do take two minutes, one minute, a few seconds, you still get so many of the benefits you get from being physically active. Wow, that's amazing. I had this thought as you were just saying that it's almost like microdosing, you know, the, the kind of trend with mm -hmm. psychedelics is obviously you can go and like take a lot of psychedelics or a standard dose, or you can microdose where you take a tiny bit each day. I kind of get this idea, and this may not be quite on brand for you to talk about publicly, but it's almost like, yeah, it's a microdosing with exercise. Like you say, three minutes at your kitchen bench doing plies, it's better than not doing anything. And if you did that every day for a week, it's going to have the impact. How long do you think we need to yeah. exercise before we, we start to feel those amazing, what did you call them? And endocarbonoids, can cannabinoids, and so on. How long do we need to exercise before they start to kick in? It depends what you're doing. So mm. there's a study by Edith Cohen University that showed with strength training, it was this study they did and it actually went global, quite viral, because they showed that even three seconds a day of lifting some weights was beneficial to your strength. There's another study by Columbia University that shows that just taking a one-minute walk every 30 minutes in your day increases your mood and helps you bust fatigue. Wow, one minute walk every 30 minutes. So that's walking to the bathroom, going to get a glass of water, maybe going to check if the laundry's finished and then back to your desk, I'm assuming if you're working from home. Yeah. Interesting. And we haven't even gotten into what that actually does for our physical health and our mm. longevity, this breaking up these little long hours of sitting with some movement. There is some incredibly powerful research that I put in the book as well. I think that the reason something is so much better than nothing and the hard thing in a way of going, how much time exactly do we need to feel this good? Because you might go, okay, I'll just do 10 seconds and, you know, well, I don't feel these endocannabinoids. Mm. But because you've moved a little bit, 
you know, probably, Lorraine, because you went to that yoga class this morning, you're probably more likely a bit later today to reach your arms up to the ceiling and have yes. a little bit of the stretch. Your body knows how feel, how good that yes. feels. It's like movement and begets And so you're doing movement. it again. Yes, that makes sense. It absolutely does. And research backs that up. And so you do a little bit and then you're much more likely to do a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more and you start to build that momentum. So all of it adds up. And what we do know now is that we there's certain recommendations when it comes to exercise. So you've got that 150 minutes a week of moderate exercise. And what we do know now that can be broken down into small, small chunks. It doesn't matter how small they are. You're mm-hmm. still going to get those same benefits. So even if you think, oh, really, I've got, you know, 30 seconds here. There's really, there's no point. I've got to wait until I've, I've got longer. Do it in that moment yes. because that little small step does lead to help you lead to the next step and the next and the next to somewhere that might lead you to a place that maybe right now you feel like, oh, that's not really possible. I mean, I remember that little plie that I did at that kitchen bench and then the next one and the next and the next. I remember so clearly the day that my toddler Stella said to me, let's have a dance, mum. And normally I had been saying, no, I don't want to do it. I'd make up some excuse, have to make dinner, whatever. I just didn't feel like it. I couldn't get myself to do it. And I remember this day I said, yep, let's dance. And we put on this song and I had her on one hip and my little baby Ruby on the other hip and we started dancing and I looked at them and I could, I just saw them. I looked at them in their eyes and I felt like I hadn't really seen them and been present with them for months. And it was that little tiny step that I took and the next and the next and the next. That's what led me to that incredibly precious moment and many more since then that's beautiful so beautiful and like you say it's a little 10 seconds builds up to being yeah your beautiful powerful moment with your kids when you when you're dancing so can you tell us the name of the book as well the active workday advantage unlock your most energized engaged and happy self at work look at you she's such a pro Oh, and then she's got the product placement on the screen. I love it. So my dear, and I'm sure you get into this lots more in the book. What are your like top three to five things to do? So if someone's sitting at home, like I'm going to be today, so I'm recording this episode with you and then I'm preparing all my content for my Bold Darling group next month. So I'll I'll be going to be planning and preparing and recording a masterclass. I'm then onboarding a new team member this afternoon. So there's a lot of sitting for me today. So what kind of three to five things do you recommend or do you practice yourself? Just as you said, those little one minute walks around the house. What what is fun and easy ways? Because you're right. I think all those rules you create. I know for me, the big one is active wear. Like I'm not, I, I should go for a 20 minute walk, but I'm not wearing something that would be comfortable to walk in or. Yeah. So what are your tips on what exercises, little kind of micro dosing exercise bits that you can do? If you're able to not have your phone on your desk and have it away from your desk, somewhere you have to get up and get it. That's a great tip. Set a little alarm on your phone. And so you have to walk over to turn your alarm off. If you can, set your little, a little word or something on your phone there or next to your phone that says, you know, quick stretch, move, reach your arms up to the air, whatever it is that you need to do. Or even if you stand up, get your phone, turn it off and then sit back down. Remember, something is so much better than nothing. The other thing you can do is 
I love that tip. So what you could do then, isn't it? You could set a reminder. As you said, it's every 30 minutes, a woman at walk. You could put your phone down in the living room, assuming you don't need it for work or whatever you're doing. And then, yeah, you could set that timer for 30 minutes and then you've actually got to go and switch the timer off when the 30 minutes is up. Yeah. I'm going to use that one. That's really, really smart. Or we've got Google Home in the kitchen. You could set Google Home to do the same and then I'd have to go downstairs to get it. Love. That's really smart. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, in that moment, what is something super simple you can do? Some little push-ups against the wall, some a few squats up and down. And if you have to have your phone on your desk, you can set that little alarm to go off on your desk. And even doing something as simple as stand up, sit down mm. and maybe do that 10 times. A favorite move of mine to do when you start to feel a bit of you know, body tightness, use that as your cue. And imagine that you have got some pens that all drop down on the ground and you're just going to lean over one side and pick up a pen and lean over to the other side to pick up a pen. Oh, that feels really good. Yes. Does it feel lovely on your spine, which gets so inflexible when you do a lot of sitting? That's lovely. Another one you could do is reach up one arm like you know the answer to something. Reach up and then reach the other arm up after you've done that one and do that a few times as well. That feels really good as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because our arms are down so much, aren't they? With typing and so on. So yeah, actually getting them up, is, that feels really good as well. Roll your shoulders back a, a few times. Yes. Find a little cue. And if it's not your alarm, then maybe it's every time, depends what you've got going on today. Every time you press send on an email, roll your shoulders back. Every time you take a sip of water, stand up and reach your arms up to the sky. Find one little cue, set an uh, alarm, make it something that's a habit stack, whatever it is that can help you do it. Just choose one thing, keep it super small and, and trust in that small little thing. Yeah, I love that. And the thing as well, and this is something else I wanted to ask you about today when we we're talking, you know, how to stay on track with all of this. Because I can imagine like for most of us, definitely me, what you're talking about, that's a behavior shift. Like I'm used to sitting at my desk and the exercise happens in the morning or on the walk with a friend later on. Like it's not something that happens throughout my day. So I think there's a pattern shift that needs to happen in order to incorporate everything you're talking about. But I would imagine if you get used to doing the, I love the pen pickup, that's really good, or doing the minute walk every 30 minutes, like over time that will become a habit. It won't need to be something that you need to be so intentional and conscious about doing anymore. So I think the key thing, and, and actually question for you, Lizzie, how long do you think it takes to incorporate this active workday advantage into your life? Like where it just starts to feel quite natural? I am not sure. I guess it's going to depend how consistent you are with it as well, isn't it? There's always going to be days. I mean, I've written the book and I have days where I go, whoops, that's been a few hours and you have just been into this project and you haven't moved and that's totally okay. And so I think just having those things in place that remind you to do it, whether that's your, the post-it note and book, I've got a link to a, a reward chart because oh, cool. I used yes. to do a lot of reward charts with my girls when they were little and they're now teenagers. And I find reward charts work great. So if you've got one of those, you sit up there on your wall, on your desk, and you've got that one little thing you want to do, whether that's maybe that's just picking up your pens throughout your day, just cross it off every time that you've done it. We want to get that little, you know, that little release of dopamine, don't we? And sometimes that little cross, I used to get the girls to put on a sticker on my reward chart every time they saw me doing push-ups at my kitchen bench. And so we get that little 
dopamine release and we can also get that every time you do something so today Lorraine when you pick up your imaginary pens from the ground and you take this little precious moment today to have a stretch I want you to celebrate it and I want you to think to yourself something like yes I did that good on me a little you know high five to yourself in the screen of your computer whatever that is that little moment that we celebrate because that helps to get those great neural pathways happening doesn't it and that reward thing that we have in our brain that makes us go okay I want to do that again yeah yeah love so good thank you how important do you think it is and, and you've brought me very organically onto my next question. How important do you think it is to track movements? So I know a lot of us have Apple watches or Garmin watches. I just got an aura ring a couple of months ago. My husband has a whoop. So how important do you think it is to track what we're doing? I think it's important if it makes you feel good. Mm. And if it's not making you feel so good, if it's making you feel less than or not enough, frustrated, then maybe it's not the best thing for you right now. My daughter, who was that little baby when I post depression, is now 15, going on 16. Wow. She loves to track, and that is super motivating for her. I wrote about it in the book. You know, she likes, she wants to close her rings. She likes to know each day what she's done. My other daughter couldn't care less about about tracking at all. It's such a personality type thing, yes. I think. So. Yeah, if it's working for you, do it. If it's not, then perhaps just leave it to the side for a little bit. What I do myself, because I'm more like my other daughter who's not so inclined to do the tracking, for me, I really make a commitment. So, for example, I'm really into at the moment the idea of getting stronger and working on my strength and perimenopausal. I really want to make sure that when I look back in in 10 years time that I have gotten myself stronger. I've worked on my bone density, my muscles. So I've made this commitment. I'm going to lift some weights or lift something every day. And the amount of days that I think I just can't be bothered. I don't want to do it, but I've made a commitment to not miss a weekday. So even if I lift up the weights and do one bicep curl and put them back down, then that's absolutely fine. I don't have any kind of, it has to be this certain amount of time or this certain exercises, but I have to actually do one little thing every single day. And I was like that in the writing of my first book and this book, even I just made a commitment every day to to write. And even if that was just going out for a quick walk around the block and voice memoing it, not missing a day felt really important to me. And the only way to do that, though, is some days just make it so, so small. So it actually works in with your life when you've got sick kids at home, when you're sick, when you've got this new project happening, whatever it is, be kind to yourself and just have these little small moments. Track them, don't track them, whatever works for you. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. And I just had this thought just to explain what you said by clothes rings. I've never heard that before. So I've got a Garmin watch and the aura ring and it shows you on Garmin. It's like your steps, for example, are are a ring. So you can see your progress because it gets green as you go around. So, yeah, I just want to explain if if anyone listening wasn't sure what you meant by clothes rings, it means hitting your targets each day on on your tracking app. What's one thing, my dear, you would like people to do after listening to our conversation today? When that little voice in your head says to you, I don't have the time to move today. I can't be bothered. I'm too tired. It's too hard. It doesn't fit in with my life. I've got too much work to do. 
I want you to talk back to that voice and say to it, just do two minutes or less. Something is so much better than nothing. Mm. Turn that whole idea of exercise, take out two letters so it becomes the word energize. Rather than saying, how do I fit in exercise today? How can I exercise at work today? How can I fit in some energizing? How can I energize at work today? Because that's what this exercise thing does for you, along with so many other things. And I so, so want that for you because it really does help you feel better. It helps you work better and it really does help you live better. I love that. Thank you so much. So where can people find the book? Oh, you can Google the Active Workday Advantage. As of today, as we're recording this. So just so everyone knows, we're recording this on the 30th of January. So if you're listening to this, it is officially out in the world. It is out in the world. Lorraine, how many books have you done? Four. You've done four. I get that high. I love that higher on. It's so exciting. It's slightly terrifying. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Whoa, did I really put this out there? But I did, and I can't wait to get it into into your hands. So you can Google the Active Workday Advantage. My website is lizziewilliamson.com, and you'll find it all there. You can get the first chapter there for free and uh, so you can have a little little read and and find out more about why i actually wrote this book and why now and yeah can't wait for you to to experience the active workday advantage thank you for joining us i will share the link to your website the book and your instagram as well in the show notes so people can track you down as well thank you lorraine for all that you do thank you good luck with the book i'm so grateful for you joining you're just like a ray of sunshine thank you I'm so grateful for you. Thank you. I loved having you join me for this week's episode. Please do connect with me on Instagram at Lorraine Murphy Mentor and visit my website, lorrainemurphy.com.au for tons of free resources and my reading list of all my favorite books. It would mean the absolute world if you could subscribe and share episodes you love with those that you love. Thank you for listening.